Blog Talk Radio. Sisters in Spirit is a nurturing environment for women that inspires harmony in everyday living, shares resources that empower, offers information and support that nourishes the soul, balances our mental and physical well-being, and promotes inner peace and heightened spirituality. Our vision is a world in which women live consciously, harmoniously, and spiritually to impact in a positive manner our lives and the lives of those with whom we come in contact. Join us, sisters, as we, as we live life with style, grace, and, of course, much joy. Welcome to our Sisters in Spirit broadcast for Saturday, November 14, 2009. You are here with host Raisa, and I'm Sky. Hi, Raisa. How are you today? I'm good, Sky. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Our topic of discussion today is, yes, you can live green, here's how. And we're excited to have a special guest with us today, author and speaker, Antoinette New, the green living goddess. Antoinette is a green living expert who takes the mystery out of global warming and green living concepts. She helps people like you and me overcome the mental blocks that keep us from acting on our concerns about the environment. And she helps us create a green lifestyle that reflects our personal values and spending habits. Antoinette spent the summer writing and broadcasting America's first How to Go Green DVD entitled How to Create a Go Green Print You and Your Family Will Love and Follow that will be available on her website starting November 19th. We'll learn more about the DVD during the show. When she's not working, Antoinette is an avid tennis player. And now it's our pleasure to introduce and bring to you author and speaker Antoinette New, the Green Living Goddess. Hi, Antoinette. How are you today? Fine, Skye. How are you? And thanks for having me. Wonderful. We're really excited about having you here to share your expertise on green living with us today. So what we're going to do, we're going to start our discussion by reading our blog topic and our polls and then we'll ask Antoinette to come in and share her expertise with us. We'll also open up the phone line so that if you have questions or comments, uh, you can dial in and talk to Antoinette. Um, the call-in number is 347-838-9886, and we'll recognize our callers by saying the last four digits of your phone number. So let's go to our blog now. The words echo-friendly and green are now part of our daily existence. And although we're surrounded by green efforts, many of us have not truly embraced a green lifestyle for various reasons. The fact is, is that yes, we can live green, and we do have the time and energy and resources to infuse green practices into our everyday living in a practical and harmonious manner. It's a matter of learning how and taking simple steps. And we asked our blog um, uh, followers to give their comments and uh, share some of their experiences with going green. And here's one of the responses that we received. For me, being green is minimally disturbing the balance of the earth and other inhabitants, whether it be the earth or its host or inhabitants that we share this time and space with. 
We've developed a lot of bad habits through focusing on convenience and capitalism and not being in tune with the balance of the planet. Like gas-guzzling SUVs, five-bedroom homes that only two people live in, and pesticides and preservatives. This blogger has begun organic gardening, and she tries to dr not to drive at all at least once a week. She uses a mug at work instead of a disposable cup and pays bills online. She says she's working on remembering to bring her shopping bags with her to the grocery and could do better with recycling bottles and plastic. She says it's just a matter of changing and rechanneling those bad habits. Antoinette, I had a question that um, relates to what our blogger um, had to say, and it's a matter of changing our habits. What have you found to be some of the mental blocks that people have about going green, and what are some of the ways that we can overcome those mental blocks? Oh, that's a good question, mental blocks. I think one of the biggest mental blocks that I run across is maybe not so much a block as it is a habit. That's the way we've always done it, and we don't really have any impetus to change at the moment. And so what I've come up with, I think, are a couple of – I, I forgot the, the term that you use for these little things, but they're just little reminders – you know, you've seen campaigns here in Georgia. There are billboards that remind you to turn off the water while you run your, while you wash your hands and brush your teeth and wash your face. And so, for that, I like to remember turn on the soap, not the water, mm -hmm. because anywhere you go, you probably have in your own bathroom a liquid soap. You're, knowing you, Sky, yours is probably an eco-friendly liquid soap, but it's probably a liquid soap nevertheless. When you go to public bathrooms or when you go to the restrooms at work, they all have liquid soap. So if you just remember, turn on the soap first and rub your hands and then turn on the water, that's one way to help yourself remember. And the other thing is just kind of commit to doing things differently. And that's kind of uh, the approach that I take in my DVD that you mentioned earlier. But uh, so, so that's one of the things I like to tell people is turn off the soap because that's one thing, turn on the soap because that's one thing that's easy to remember. And the other thing is just to go through, just spend a little bit of quiet time going through your routine to see what things you can do differently. And I like to, to tell people to think in terms of reduce, reuse, and recycle, which is the mantra of the Green Living Movement. Now that's um, something that, that should stick with us, reuse. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty easy to read, uh, to remember. Now one of the um, other questions, uh, or should I say one of the other responses that we received on our blog was this person said, I have started doing little things like changing light bulbs and turning the lights off and unplugging electronics that are not in use. Not sure what the next steps would be. So what's next? So what do you um, suggest for those of us who are who have started? You know, who are thinking about um, uh, recycling and trying to be green and eco-friendly? And we have started doing the basic things. Is is there something else or, or some kind of impetus to to get us to the next step? Well, you have some very astute listeners. First of all, from doing my workshops, I recognize that not a lot of people 
make the connection between our everyday choices and the challenges that we face like global warming and like the natural resource crisis. And so, you know, much has been made lately of unplugging your appliances. And I don't want to say that that's not the thing to do because it is, but the very first thing is what your 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 blog guest said, which is to turn out the lights. And the reason that that's so important is because electricity, the electrical production is the biggest emitter of greenhouse gases. That, that's responsible for 40% of our greenhouse gas emissions. And what most people don't know is that not only does turning off the light save electricity, uh, it saves coal, which is a natural resource from which electricity is derived. It, it saves green space because typically green space is dug up or um, blasted in a lot of cases to get to the coal, but it also saves water because there are several millions of gallons of water used each day in the electrical pr production and waste uh, or disposal cycle. So now if you have not yet started going green and you're hearing people say unplug your appliances, yeah, that's a good thing to do, but start by turning off the lights because most people leave the lights on and leave the TV on, and that's a big source of electricity. You can cut your electricity bill um, by a third just by turning out the lights. So do that first, then do the um, unplug your appliances, and then also look at, at the items that you're purchasing because one of the, main, one of the other large emitters of um, greenhouse gases is the manufacturing industry. And so if we can reduce the amount of products that we buy that are manufactured, number one, and then manufactured using natural resources, number two, then we've, we're going a long way towards uh, reversing global warming just by those actions. Turn off the lights, unplug your appliances, and reduce the amount of products you use that have to be manufactured and manufactured using natural resources. And modern so technology has us doing a lot of things that are not natural. As you said, the plastics that we use, whether it's the containers that store food or fertilizers that we use to keep our lawns ultra green, um, if we went back to doing things the old way, the way our grandparents did things, for example, where we had gardens that were organic, um, where we did reuse and recycle more often, you know, instead of just throwing something away, um, we wouldn't be in the shape that we are in now with global warming and um, and also making believe that going green is something new, you know, and modern, when actually it was the way that we lived. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people are too cute to garden. I, I'm too cute to, to do a garden. <laughs> well, I'm really I'd rather spend my outdoor out time my um, <laughs> I'd rather spend my outdoor time playing tennis. And so a lot for a lot of people, gardening is not organic gardening is not um, a, a reality, but you can buy foods that are locally sourced because they, uh, whether they're organic or not, when they're locally sourced, they use less um, less gas and less resources to get them to your market. So if organic gardening is not an option for you, then at least think and buy produce that's, that's grown uh, locally. So for every option, there, for every uh, lifestyle choice you can make, there is a green option. And there's a, 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 a fast and friendly option, I like to say. And organic, option, or organic gardening is, is the... Um, 
is the slow and wholesome option in, in buying locally produced, locally grown produce, whether it's organic or, or um, standard grown, is what I call the fast-friendly option. And right. that's, and you you know, and that's the option it. that a lot of us are going to take. Locally grown fruit, you don't have the gas for truckers to truck it between states or coming from some other country, whatever it takes. So another way he saved energy. And that's a good point, too, um, in terms of mindsets about going green. And uh, for those of us who may think it's too difficult to do, is that for every option uh, or every green choice or green practice, there are several ways that you can go about it. Mm -hmm. uh, there could be the, the longer way, the, the more um, time-intensive way. For example, uh, the um, green gardening, the organic gardening, or like you said, the, the quick way would be to purchase local foods. So that's mm -hmm. another um, way that, that we can look at it in terms of um, whatever type of practice we would like to start um, instituting into our lifestyle there are several ways to go about doing that. So I think that will go a long way to help people realize that um, it, it's kind of easy to start incorporating those practices into our lifestyle. One and, Scott, if I could offer another, um, another example of that same equation we just discussed, I hear people complain about composting. Oh, I don't want to compost. Now, the, the, the reason we should think of composting or of of uh, somehow reusing our food is because the landfills contain um, lots and lots of food. There was a study that done that was done a while back that showed that 30% of the waste in landfills is food that could have been eaten. Mm. And so the first thing you think of is composting. And again, a lot of people are just too cute to compost. And that's not a bad thing if you recognize that. The fast option is to reduce the amount of food that you buy and then cook and subsequently throw away because that reduces the need for more landfills. That cuts down on the methane gas that that, that food produces. And by the way, methane gas is, is about 20 times more potent than the um, carbon dioxide our cars kick out. So that's a really big thing that you can do. That's a really important step that you can take to uh, reduce the amount of greenhouse gases that are being emitted is to reduce the amount of food that you buy, reduce the amount of food that you cook, and reduce the amount of food subsequently that you throw away. Because, you know, our grandmothers were probably the first ones that we heard say, oh, your eyes are probably bigger than your stomach. Yes, that's true. And it will also save money. And, and I will admit that I had to reexamine the way that I was handling my food and um, my purchasing habits, and I think the the issue for me was having the time to cook the food that I purchased. And so what I did was started making the effort, you know, when I go to the grocery store, I make an effort to cook, you know, on a regular basis so that I can use that food so that it's not going to waste. So that's a very important tip. Uh, one of the questions that came to mind, and it comes to mind uh, quite often when I start really thinking about being green is when we start using, in terms of purchasing that you brought up earlier, uh, retail purchases, when we start doing that, if we start, one, say, instead of purchasing new, reusing, uh, how does that affect the economy? Because if, we, if everybody starts reusing stuff, then how is that going to affect the economy 
when we're not purchasing as much as we once did. And, you know, say that there's this mass movement. How is that going to affect the economy? Especially, you know, you, and you really think about that now that the economy is really a, a big issue for all of us in terms of keeping other businesses in business. I have a thought on that because I think that whatever we're doing, we create the next um, invention that accommodates our lifestyle. Right, so there'll be other things created when, let's say, um, gas stations go away. Right, there'll be a new form of fuel energy, and so you may not need fossil fuel in cars that run on fossil fuels anymore. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a next business that takes its place. For mm-hmm. all fuel and all of the accessories and you know functions needed that go with alternative fuel. So it's evolution. That's a very that's a very good answer. I was just going to say that the market is a very agile and dynamic place and where money never leaves the planet. Money doesn't disappear, just shifts hands from one to the next to the next. And so as we choose not to spend our money here, the opportunity to spend it somewhere else is naturally created. And the people who um, will make the money are the ones who are looking, like the other caller said, for the next opportunity. Okay. That's Risa. Oh, that, okay. I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was you, Risa, or if, if the line was open to all callers. Well, that's what we're getting ready to do at this point. Oh, okay. Open up, the, open up the lines. And, again, the call-in number is 347-838-9886. And I will call the last four digits of your phone number to recognize the caller, and um, you'll be on the air. And we have a caller here, so let's bring this caller into the conversation. Hi, this is caller 5386. You're on the air with us today. Caller. Oh, how y'all doing? Um, sorry, I got on late, and I was uh, kind of just got into the conversation, so I just uh, listened to you guys. but. Okay. Thanks for inviting me, and I just look forward to listening to you all. Okay, well, great. Uh, we're, ha- we're talking about, yes, you can live green, and here's how. And we have a guest speaker with us today, Antoinette New, and she's the living green goddess. She's an author and speaker, and she's an expert in green living. And, of course, you're on the line with your host, Raisa, and I'm Skye. Antoinette, did you want to share some more of your experiences as you um, try to t- – teach people uh, how to go green and and what seems to be um, some of the more prevalent practices or initial practices that you try to share with people? Well, as I mentioned at at the top of the conversation, I try to embed in people's mind the idea of reduce and recycle because as you're making choices to fly, you can if you're if you're thinking in terms of reduce, reuse and recycle, then you can make your your green choices on the fly with very little thought and very little effort. Um, what I have found is that a lot of people don't know the connection between our everyday choices and global warming. So if I could, I want to spend a minute or two just talking about that. Great. Is, is that okay? Inform us, please. Okay. Well, first of all, the the number one question that I get asked in my workshops is, what is global warming? And probably number two is, well, how does green living 
um, make a difference in global warming. And global warming is basically the phenomenon that has been created from, I think it was Raisa who said, uh, from our big homes, our SUVs, and our excessive need for uh, gadgets, electronic gadgets. We replace our computers every couple of years. We replace our TVs every couple of years. And a lot of us don't consider recycling those items. We just put them on the curb, and whoever picks them up, whether it's the trash pickup service or a neighbor, um, they, it, it, we don't think much about what happens to it after it's gone. And we also don't think about what it took to create it. And so those choices, uh, the manufacturing, as I said, is, is one of the, one of the um, industries that is most known for emitting greenhouse gases. And so our, our penchant for big homes, big cars, going everywhere, taking the kids here and there, and, and having all of these gadgets is what has helped contribute to global warming. And global warming is actually a phenomenon where all of the greenhouse gases that are emitted by production, by transportation, by our built environments, are not able to be absorbed by the tree cover, by the green space that we have. You know, if you go back to, um, if you go back to, I guess, this elementary school or junior high school science, uh, natural science class, we know that trees take in, uh, absorb carbon dioxide and transform it into oxygen. And right now, the amount of carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases that are being emitted are too much for our tree cover to convert into oxygen. And that stuff is getting caught up in the atmosphere, and it heats our atmosphere. You know, we talked uh, years and years ago, there was a lot of discussion about a hole being in the ozone. Mm -hmm. And the ozone is what helps hold in is what help what helps hold in the heat that keeps our our Earth's atmosphere palatable for us. It keeps it comfortable for us. But when too much gas gets caught up in that atmosphere, it starts heating up the Earth, and that's what's happening now. Global warming is causing um, our polar ice caps to melt, for instance, and that warm wa- that that water is mixing with cold um, seawater, ocean water, and is forming turbulence. I don't want to get into a big science class, but that's basically what global warming is, and that's how Hurricane Katrina and some of these other hurricanes have multiplied from year to year and have become so much more violent, right, tsunamis as well. And all of those things have become so much more violent because of this mixture of hot and cold water, which creates the the air that, that contributes to those storm systems, tornadoes, tsunamis, all of those those storm systems, and at the same time, that heating, that global warming heats up the the Earth's surface, and so we're getting so the land is drier. You know, you've got wildfires out in California. All of that stuff is created to our is is linked to our choices, and the choices are as simple as doing things in what we call a greener manner, a more earth-friendly manner. Some of the things that we've and, talked and, and about. And this is exactly why we do this show, because we understand when people are informed, they'll make better decisions and do mm-hmm. things differently. And a lot of the things that you said, while you know most of us are aware of at a higher level, we just don't know the details down to this level that you just related. So it makes just so much more sense to be eco-friendly. Mhm. Yes. 
Now, are there, in, in terms of green practices, are there any practices that we should do that are more important um, to global warming or to other um, major issues that are affecting the planet? Are there certain things that we should do that are more important than other things? Well, in terms of bang for your buck, I can't, it's, it's hard to say beyond turning off the lights because, again, coal is the natural resource that's used to um, to generate electricity. And our uh, let's see, I think the latest report I read from the Department of Energy was something to the effect that we have a supply of about 150, 160 years worth of coal. And so... So I would say turning out the lights is probably the biggest bang because, again, that reserves coal and it, uh, res- it preserves water because so many millions of gallons of water are used in the production and the um, waste disposal cycle. So that's probably the biggest bang for the buck. Other than that, the, the easiest thing to remember is just to think in terms of reduce reduce the amount of Reduce the choices that you make that require that products be manufactured and that they be manufactured using natural resources. In other words, if you, whenever you can and as often as you can, buy recycled products because the, the amount of natural resources used for those is um, significantly reduced. Okay. And, we have a caller that we're going to bring on to okay. the line. and. Um, uh, for anyone else that's on the Internet that would like to call in, the call-in number is 347-838-9886. You're here with our guest speaker, Antoinette New, the Green Living Goddess, and you're here with your host, Raisa and Sky. And we're going to bring on caller 4655. Please join us and introduce yourself. Hi, um, I'm Naomi. I'm calling from Washington, D.C. I enjoy listening to your show. I wanted to ask uh, the Miss um, New, uh, what could she recommend as a natural or green um, way of um, disinfecting um, disinfectant for the house household um, chores? Is there any particular uh, remedy, uh, green remedy that um, she knows would you know would help in that respect? Let's see, are you talking about a, a natural product that you can make yourself or that you can buy from, um, or, or that you can buy from the store? Right, I'm talking about one that I could make, one that I could use um, probably from something that maybe I already have in the house or something something natural. That's, that's a good question. I'm actually producing um, a series on household cleaning and on laundry and mm-hmm. my initial um my so my initial response to what you can use I'm so happy for her she came up with a nice outfit that so my oh, initial response to what you can you can mm-hmm. use that you already have at home is probably um something citrus based and I'm probably not qualified to to say how it needs to be mixed but the eco-friendly cleansers have a citrus base or castile based um uh, Castile base, mm-hmm. and for instance, I the the food that the uh, cleanser that I use for my fruits mm-hmm. is a citrus based cleanser, oh, okay. and 
So that's probably my best answer without having completed the research that I'm doing. Okay. Um, in general, though, in terms of, of, of um, not necessarily things that you have in your house already, but um, in terms of what you might buy the next time it's time for you, the next time you have an opportunity to, to choose yes. is uh, something with low or no phosphates. And most cleaners, uh, household cleaners as well as laundry detergents, will list themselves as okay. low or no phosphates. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did I hear you say that you use citrus to clean your fruits that you eat or juice? Yes. Oh, okay. And that's lemon, lime, and orange? Uh, lemon diluted with water. Oh, okay. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, one solution that I read about on the Internet and tried is using peroxide to clean. It disinfects, it cleans very well, mm-hmm. um, and it costs very little. So I use that now. And it doesn't have a smell. So I think Oprah Winfrey said clean doesn't have a smell. And I was like, yeah, yes, it does. But when I tried that peroxide, you know, everything shined perfectly clean and um, no smell. Mm-hmm. And that's another good, I think mnemonic is the name for what you just said, clean doesn't have a smell. It's just a little phrase that you can kind of kind of uh, store in your mind to help you remember what kind of choices you should make. So clean, and, and I, I agree, clean doesn't have a smell. I mean, it depends on, you know, it, I guess it's a relative term. Mm-hmm. Well, dealing with the peroxide, I want to go back to that. Now, that's used as a household cleaner. Are you saying that right, Issa? Yes, it's a household cleaner. Like, instead of bleach, you use peroxide. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful because bleach is... Um, I just can't imagine what it's doing to us as we inhale it, you know, while we're cleaning and stuff like that. And it's not um, natural. It's Mm man-made for the most part. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just want to let our listeners know that you are here with Antoinette New, the Green Goddess. She's our special, special guest for today. And we are talking about, yes, you can live green, and here's how. She's sharing with her, with, um, with us her expertise on green living. And um, you can learn more about Antoinette on her website, www.greenlivinggoddess.com. And um, let's see if, if there's a call. Caller 4655, did you have a question or you are just hanging out with us listening right now? No, I, I already asked my question. I'm just hanging out right now. Thank you. Okay. If anyone has a comment on something that they use to go green, um, we'd like to hear it. Please share it with us. One of the things that I like to do in terms of, um, you know, let me back up. This is a question that came to mind um, earlier when we were doing some um, pre-show conversations, and we were talking about products. And as Antoinette mentioned, I do, and I'm pretty sure most of us do use a lot of natural products. Now, Products that have natural ingredients in them are considered green, and I hope this is not a crazy question. And the reason I'm asking is because of, in my thinking, they could be produced in a particular way that's not green, but by by the virtue of the fact that this product has all natural ingredients in it, does that make that a green product? It does, and green, what you'll find, is a relative term. Okay. Uh, the, if if a product is is 
made of all natural products, but the manufacturing process, let's say, or the company that makes it is not um, particularly sustainable or sustainably run. The product is green. I mean, if we wanted to get into shades of green, we might call that a light green. Um, and then if, you know, if the company is also sustainably managed and everything from their processes to the products that they make are green, then we might call that a deep green. So green is a, it's a relative term. Okay. And, and green is now very commercial as well. So you have businesses advertising that they're green in some form or another just for um, consumer awareness or, you know, making us think that they're a good company. That process of making us think that they're a good company is called greenwashing. And, yes, that, that's been an issue for a long time. And we as consumers have to be thoroughly educated so that we'll know greenwashing when we see it. And not that any one of us is in a position to throw stones, but, you know, the more you know, the better a consumer you are and the better, I guess, a citizen you are because being a citizen doesn't necessarily mean being a consumer. So a lot of, I guess, messages and, and soapbox opportunities wrapped up in that one little <laughs> in that one little concept. Yeah. So at this point, is it um, is the situation such that there's no regulation on whether a company can can proclaim themselves to be green? Is there a minimum standard that they have to meet in order to be considered green? Well, the standards are not set by any of the any of the federal governments, I guess, governing um, departments. The standards are really set more by organizations who have declared that this is what we as consumers should be looking for. This is what we're calling green, and this is the certification we're giving these companies for meeting these standards. And again, it's up to us as consumers to be um, fully aware of what it means to be green by one organization's standards or another, and for ourselves, because mm-hmm. green is is really uh, is really about personal um, is really about core values and personal taste as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good point in, in terms of personal taste. But I'm really um, glad we were able to clarify that because. Um, in, in different businesses that I work in, I do try to use a lot of um, um, natural products, a lot of handmade products. And, um, you know, as I started doing a little more research into this, I was just wondering if those items are really considered green. So there are, like you said, different shades of green. That's a very good way to put that. And I'm sure somebody, I mean, you know, that, that concept has been around for a long time, and right now it's, it's really just a relative way of looking at things, and probably at some point someone will try to coin the term or trademark the term and really apply some more stringent standards to it. But I think at this point in the movement, the idea is to just get as many people as possible oriented with what it means to be green in some way, shape, or form and and, and embrace it and then know that as you understand the benefits of going green, not just for your, uh, not just for the environment, board, but for yourself and your family, you'll right. grow into a greener and greener lifestyle. And, and it is something that you grow into. You're not going to just overnight say, I'm going to throw out all the products in my house that are not eco-friendly, which would actually not be a good green alternative. <laughs> but, you know, so little by little, you would start buying different products as you complete some, using what you have or 
just take different steps. Maybe you have a very small garden, and, you know, as you learn about the garden, you expand the garden. It's a process. Right. It's a process that initially you would start taking smaller steps and and basically commit to doing it, right? And then, um, as you said earlier, Antoinette, make the commitment and then start taking small steps. And the most important thing we could do is turn off the lights. (laughs) (laughs) One of the most important things we can do to get started. Okay, if we don't have any more questions from our callers, Antoinette, we'll ask you, could you let us know about some of your upcoming projects? Well, probably the most exciting uh, project that I have going is the release of my DVD. It's America's first How to Go Green DVD. It's entitled How to Create a Go Green Print You and Your Family Will Love and Follow. And basically a Go Green Print is what you might imagine. It's a blueprint for greening your lifestyle. And I built the concept of going green around you and your core values and your personal tastes and your spending habits because I kept hearing in my different workshops and as I was going around meeting and consulting with people that going green is more expensive. And, yes, it can be more expensive, but it doesn't have to be. And I show you how um, to go green in a way that suits you without spending more money. Now, if you have more money to spend and you want to – you know, you want to install solar panels or a windmill around your house, you can do those things, but you don't have to do any of those expensive things to go green. In fact, I don't even talk about solar panels and windmills and and, and that kind of stuff in the DVD because it's a lot more personal. It's a lot more close to home. It's a lot more about your everyday choices, the things you do three and four times a day, than it is about spending thousands of dollars on solar panels. So that's probably it's the little thing things that, that I have going first. on. Hmm? Oh, I was saying, so that's probably the biggest thing that I have going on, and, and that's the focus of all of my energy right now. And then I've got a series of um, uh, a, a, a television series that's in the, in the works now. So, Oh, wonderful. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the DVD because um, I'm excited that it makes it tangible and it makes it um, something that, you know, I say the everyday person or me and my neighbor can um, can start doing and, and can relate to because I watch a lot of um, the uh, television shows that show all of these green homes, and I'm looking at this stuff like um, I'm not going to be able to do that anytime soon. <laughs> so, And I'm sure a lot of people are looking at that, and it's kind of like turning a lot of people off. So I think your DVD is... is um, right on target, and something that all of us, you know, the everyday person would be able to relate to and would inspire us to start incorporating green practices into our lifestyles. Because, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can go online and start looking at products, and and these things have astronomical prices. And so, you know, when when you see things that are out of reach, you tend to, like, kind of dismiss it and go on about your business. So I'm looking forward to um, to seeing that, and I'm I'm glad that you took that approach to it. Yeah, and you know that's just another view where you see green has been made commercial, and we need to make it internal, make it personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Okay, I'm going to open the lines up, and if we do have a call or someone interested in calling in, the dial-in number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight eight six. And you're here with our guest today, Antoinette New, the Green Living Goddess. 
And uh, you can reach her and find out more about Antoinette on her website, greenlivinggoddess.com. Okay, so at this point, um, I don't see any more callers up there. And Antoinette has let us know about her upcoming projects. We're just going to um, start winding down our show with some green quotes. Uh, did anyone have a green quote uh, that they'd like to share with us this evening? Well, I had something I thought of off the top of my head. Green is simple. You know, let's keep it simple. Let's not make it complicated. Well, that's that's a very good one. <laughs> and it is simple. And um, one of the points that you made earlier, Raisa, was it was really like going back to basics. Uh, I mean, it can't be any simpler than that to going back to basics. If we look at, you know, what our grandparents did and what um, generations did before then, they were very green in in most of the things from uh, food, growing your own food, making your own medicines, making your own cleaning agents. A mm-hmm. lot of the stuff started back then, and then we got away from it. So it is about returning to basics. Um, returning to simplicity and uh, doing things that make sense in our life and for our lifestyle. So um, I did find a quote that I like to share. Um, It's called, well, I'll just read it out. We abuse land because we regard it as a commodity belonging to us. When we see land as a community to which we belong, we may begin to use it with love and respect. And we can take that much further and say not only land, but all of the natural resources that we have. If we start looking at ourselves as a community with all of our natural resources, then we'll have much more respect and regard for it and um, feel that we are um, responsible for maintaining it and preserving it. And um, with that, I did have one more question that I'd like to um, ask you, Antoinette. Mm-hmm. Do you find that in your in your research and in your seminars, do you find that people really have some type of connection to being responsible for preserving our resources, or do you find that we are uh, kind of separated from that, as this quote um, kind of intimates to? Well, I, I do believe we each have a connection to Um, one of our natural resources, and my DVD is designed to help you uncover that connection. But the challenge that I see, the biggest challenge that I see is not that people don't care, but they just don't have the time and energy to worry about going green. Um, A lot of us are in the position of needing to make sure our ends meet and there's some left over at the end of the month. Um, those of us who have plenty to wrap around at the end of the <clears throat> at the end of at the end of the month are interested in taking care of of those around us in our those family members who need our help. And then when we've got free time, then we want to have fun. So we're not really thinking about doing things any differently than we ever have because it's just not our focus, and we just don't have the time and energy. And on the surface, I, I think the, the the surface term for that is um, gee, I'm drawing a blank. 
but anyway, the main concern, the main issue that I see is that people feel like they don't have the time and energy to do anything different, to learn anything different, and it's not a high going green is not a high a high priority. Um, we don't see how it's going to benefit us, and beyond saving money. It, the benefit is to um, preserve our natural resources for the next generation. But if you're not thinking about the next generation, then it, it just doesn't. Bec- it's just not something that's going to be at the forefront of your consciousness. Now, when there is a catastrophe like a Hurricane Katrina, then we go into survival mode, and it's not until much later. I hear what was Katrina three years ago. It's not until much later that we really start to look at at the root causes. Mm-hmm. And I still think in in mass we haven't made the connection between our everyday choices and between a hurricane that wipes out a city that we all know and love. And but, that's one of the things that we really have to start pushing. And and you are doing a wonderful job with doing that through your seminars and through your DVD. And uh, we would just really like to thank you for being with us today. Uh, You've been listening to um, Antoinette New, the Living Green Goddess. And, uh, again, we thank you for being here. And find out more information about her on greenlivinggoddess.com. And thank you. Um, We have been really, really enlightened today. Thank you for joining Sisters in Spirit. You can reach us at inspirit.com at sistersinspirit.net, and you can read our blog on fluidmedia.blogspot.com. Thank you, Antoinette, for being with us. And um, Raisa? Um, A quick quote on choices. You're free to believe what you choose, and what you do attest to what you believe. And we also like to let everybody know that we are going to be launching our website on Thursday, November 19th, and with that launch, we will be hosting a green contest uh, the contest will be Five Ways to Go Green, and it will be a partnership with the Living Green Goddess and Sisters in Spirit. So look for information regarding that soon. Thank you, Antoinette. Thank you, Raisa. Thank you, Sky. Okay, you all have a good Thank you, listeners, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.